You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 40. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. September already. What's happening to the year? Right, it's all those big celebrations coming up, isn't it? Three months time. Let's get started. We can get this drinking to a place where you are happy. So plenty of time to do that. Okay, so today I am covering a topic that is to do with dealing with your thoughts that hold you back, right? The thoughts that hold you back and how it can actually be fun and helpful to lean into the opposite instead. And I call this opposite thinking. Now, the genesis of this started years ago, years before I came into life coaching, years before I actually got, um, had, you know, my transformation with, with alcohol. It started off as a game, a game I invented to play with my children when they were young. And we called the game Opposite Day. And I was actually tempted to call this podcast Opposite Day, but then I thought that you'd be really confused and, you know, probably wouldn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. So opposite thinking it is, right? So I'm going to actually get in talking about Opposite Day and Opposite Thinking in a moment, but first let's back up a bit. So like I said, today we're dealing with thoughts that hold you back. And I want to give you some techniques to help yourself blast through these on the way to achieving your vision, the life you want, the freedom around alcohol, which, as I say so often, is not just constrained to alcohol, right? You can use all of these techniques to really create the life that you want to live. Okay, so the first uh, thing I want to talk about is 50-50. This is really starting at the very beginning, as Judy Andrews would say. Okay, so in any situation, with any goal you set, you're basically looking at a blank piece of paper, a blank slate, if you will. There's a 50% chance things will go in the way you want, and then there's a 50% chance that things will not turn out the way you want them. Now, of course, there's a scale, right? This isn't this binary thing, which is 50% yes, 50% no. It's not this hard and fast 50-50, but I'm, I'm using those numbers because I think logically it's a concept that we can take on board. There's a possibility things will go your way. There's a possibility things won't. And yet, most of us, especially where we're in the thick of working on our goals, tend to veer towards the 50% likelihood that we won't get what we want, especially when it's something that we haven't managed to achieve or do for ourselves before. And then what happens is that we begin to build evidence for why we're not able to do the thing. And if you try to do the thing, try to reset the goal several times, you're actually layering evidence upon evidence upon evidence as to why you haven't succeeded before, which really then veers you off into this, you know, is a 50% no probability or likelihood or possibility even that, that it won't happen. We look to our past and we see all the reasons why we won't be successful right now in the present. And then that becomes what we believe the most. And not just that, but we put a lot of emotion behind believing that the most, 
right? It becomes really kind of hard, wired, hard, ingrained in us. We have strong belief that uh, we haven't been we won't be successful this time because we haven't been successful before. And the tricky thing with this, the sneaky thing with this, it also seems circumstantially true as well, right? You look around at your life, at yourself, and you say, yeah, you see, look at this, look, you can see it hasn't worked before. You can see that I tried before, I've tried to give up wine, right? I tried all those different dry Januaries and all the rest of it. And I've tried more times, actually, than I care to admit. In fact, also, I've tried to moderate. I've just tried to moderate with just one glass before giving up and finding, you know, finding I was drinking my third. And you have all these, um, all this evidence as to why this won't work. And that all congeals together and builds itself into a very strong case for suggesting that you won't be able to change your drinking this time um, because it's never worked before. Right, hasn't worked before, so what is going to be different this time, even if it's a completely different approach? Yeah, your brain will be on you. Yeah, but you haven't done it before, have you ever? So no wonder, people, we end up sitting on that side of the coin where, you know, if there's a 50 cent belief that we will not achieve our goals. And what I really want to underscore here is that these feelings, these beliefs we have about our past, about our capability to change. We might say that we think we're capable, but deep down these believing these beliefs and feelings can be very strong and that stop us, right, from taking the action we want to take. And these feelings and beliefs can feel very, very real. Now whenever you have an intense emotion surrounding a belief, it actually intensifies that belief to as, as if it becomes your reality. To you, that belief and your reality are the same thing. Now, I want to remind you, I think I've covered this before on the podcast, a belief is just a thought that you've been thinking for a very, very long time. It's likely to be something you believe quite deeply. And so what happens is that we become unnecessarily attached to the 50% of our beliefs and thoughts that would say no you know, to our ability to achieve our goals because the, the we're very past focused and our brain will bring back all the evidence of all the failures that we've had before rather than becoming attached to the 50% of our thoughts and possibility beliefs that would say yes to our goals that would say, yeah, even despite everything that's gone before, I still deep down believe it's possible for me to make this change. Just being able to get yourself to see that it's possible for you and truly believing it's possible things will change is a massive step forward. Um, but again, often this is this is so overlooked because people, they just want to race straight to taking the action, right? How do I do it? I've just got to stop drinking today without really taking a stock of all the thoughts they've got going on that could be um, playing against themselves. Okay, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing I want to talk about here is if you do have this tendency to sit on the 50% side of the scale where you think something's just not going to work out for you, right? you're not going to be able to make this change, I want you to remember this, that we all start with that blank sheet of paper, right? Everybody everybody starts with a blank sheet of paper. Even those who are hitting their goals, they all start with that blank sheet of paper. 
Meaning in life we don't know either way with any degree of certainty what's going to happen with our drinking or with anything. With your business, with your weight loss, in relationships, none of it, none of us have that certainty. I actually find it intriguing that many people will sit in the 50% likelihood of not achieving their goals, say, right, this negative confirmation bias. But they're all 100% certain in likelihood that they will be alive tomorrow. And just think about it, that the, the, the possibility that we will not be alive tomorrow is is out there right until it's happened it hasn't happened it could go either way and yet we still say yep that's we just assume it's going to happen at the same scale think well it's just things are not going to be different for me tomorrow with my drinking right so there's no certainty either way for anyone with all of it we all start with a blank sheet of paper so why do so many of us fear down that it's not going to happen side of the equation and i think this is particularly telling when it comes to drinking, because this is something we're doing that we don't want to be doing, maybe to the same degree. I'm not saying you have to go sober, but there's something about your behavior that you you don't want to have. You have a goal and it can be a really you know deeply felt goal that you want to make this change. And yet we still sort of um, go against ourselves in a way by just, you know, assuming, you know, things not going to pay off. So why is that? So I'm going to give you a few reasons why I see that happening, because this can then help you identify and recognize that thinking when it's happening to you, because I'm sure one, at least one of these, um, you will find resonates. The first reason is that it feels safer not to get your hopes up especially if you've tried many, many times before, right? If we don't allow ourselves to think that we'll succeed, it's a way for us to protect ourselves from the inevitable, how we see as being inevitable disappointment when we, when it doesn't work out, right? And a symptom of this is when we say things like, I'll try my best. I'm getting better. I'm learning. It's not as bad as it was before. And these are vague statements. They're kind of statements that are giving ourselves an out, yeah? We say these things to cushion the blow, the blow that we still see as being inevitable, even though it isn't, right? Because it hasn't happened yet. And we are guessing or predicting this time that we won't achieve the result. So we're in effect telling ourselves to expect defeat to avoid feeling disappointment. You don't have to risk being wrong and get your hopes up and then be disappointed. But here's what I want to offer. Right? The sheer act of doing this means that we actually bring forward the disappointment. We're disappointed right now by telling ourselves that we're not going to achieve the goal anyway, so we may as well not try, rather than being disappointed later when we fail. But that completely ignores is that actually we might not fail. Right, so we might actually be feeling disappointment now unnecessarily because we are going to succeed this time. The second reason why we tend to tell ourselves and console ourselves, actually that's the word, console ourselves with the idea we're going to not achieve our goals is because of familiarity and comfort. And we often confuse comfort for familiarity. We talk about living in our comfort zones, right? We all talk about that. It's my comfort zone, that's her comfort zone. 
And we talk about stepping out of our comfort zones to go for goals. And it all sounds very cool and all the rest of it. But it's actually completely ignoring the fact that what we call our comfort zone is actually anything but. And I say it's actually not a comfort zone where you are. Certainly if you're listening to this podcast and you want to change your drinking, you're not in a comfort zone with your drinking, but in a familiarity zone, which breeds a kind of fake comfort. So we need to think about it, right? You want to change. You have set these goals to change because you're uncomfortable being in the space where you are perhaps you know you're drinking three glasses of wine a night and that's not what you want to continue with you don't want to drink that right? you don't want to drink those three glasses five nights a week and you want more for yourself you want to be achieving the things that you're not achieving today and right? using that time differently but if you tell yourself well this all sounds good Anna but it's probably not going to happen for me um, and then you kind of go into existing in that reality, you're just going to stay in what feels familiar. But drinking three glasses of wine five nights a week is anything but comfortable. So by telling yourself it's not going to happen, by essentially failing ahead of time, it's just really another way for you to protect yourself from disappointment. Now, another reason why we tend to sit in the 50% likelihood of something's not going to happen is because it proves the negative beliefs we already have about ourselves. Hmm. It's where we sort of thrash and judge ourselves for what we already think about ourselves. If you believe you won't be able to moderate your drinking because you're quote unquote just one of those people who can't do that, or if you think no one will take you seriously in your new career that you want to achieve, or if you believe you're not the kind of person who will lose £100 and keep it off, right? then of course you're not going to be able to achieve those things because your brain will just work on proving that you're right. right? It will seek all the evidence why you won't achieve the goals you've set. This is nuts. This is really when you're using you against you. And finally, the reason we err to the side of the 50% likelihood of not achieving our goals is because we actually think that's just the way it is, that we have no choice in the matter. Now, look, we have all these thoughts and we have all this past evidence that our brain energetically collects for us as to why we won't succeed. As though it's just saying the saying that is that this is just the way it is, right? We are on this repeat and this is your life and this is how it is for you. Like there's some great universal truth that can't be changed. You know, we say things like, I'm not the kind of person who can only stick to one glass. I mean, just look at my family. None of us can, right? We say these things as though we're reading the news as though it's factually correct, but it's not so, people, not so. As I said just now, a belief is a thought you've thought for a long time. You might not even know it's something you're thinking. You truly might believe in every fibre of your being that that's just how it is. I want to offer that is not the case. Now, it's not easy to change your thinking, right? But that's no reason why you can't do that. There's no reason. And I always say to people, you can think and believe what, whatever you want. That's totally up to you. And I'm not going to argue with you what's uh, true and what isn't true and how you see things. All I will offer is with any thought and any belief you have, is it serving you? Uh, there are some instances where you might truly believe something about yourself you might really believe 
that if you come from a family of alcoholics and you are going to ultimately end up as one. You might believe that. But I would offer, is that belief helping you? Does that belief serve you? And if it doesn't, you know, you have the option to drop it. You have the option to think and believe something else that will serve you and get you to your goals. So now I want to get into, but how, but how, but how? Now I want to offer two ways you can master the thoughts that are holding you back. You don't need to choose one over the other. I use them both actually still today in my life in different areas of my life, depending on the situation. Now, the first of these involves visualization and you may well have heard of this uh, before, but I do it with a um, a slightly different twist. So visualization involves you imagining the thing you want by creating a belief in that thing before it exists in your life. So you basically create it in your mind and on the you have that in your mind on the way to actually creating it in your life. And in doing this, you basically skip ahead to that future version of you who's hit the goal. The person who, the version of you who has all the answers for the present you today. It's the version of you who's achieved total freedom around alcohol. The person who's dropped a hundred pounds and kept them off. Yes, what I'm talking about here does apply across all areas of your life, right? This is, you go ahead, skip ahead to the version of you who's ditched her nine to five and set up the online business she's been talking about forever. The version of you who's improved her marriage. Now, there is huge power in this if you go all in. But that's really what I would um, emphasize here. You've got to go all in. You kind of just can't do this at sort of a, it's not like a mag, one of those quizzes you get in a magazine. This is really deeply. And when I do this, I see myself in a particular place, wearing a particular outfit, doing particular tasks, and I can get into my body, my future body, and understand how I'm thinking and I'm feeling and what I'm doing. Right? Really, really embody this. And that's really, you have to get into those details. So you don't just visualize you as the person who stopped drinking or stopped over drinking, but imagine what will you be wearing? Like I said, I have, I have this outfit, this skirt and jumper combo that I'm wearing. What will you be thinking? And trust me, it will not be about wine. You will not be sitting there thinking, how am I going to explain what I'm not drinking tonight? You're not going to be even thinking about what might be on the drinks menu, right? All the things maybe you think about now, that will not be on your mind. So what will be on your mind? What will you be using your brain to power for when you have this problem solved? How will your hair look, right? And one of the other fun things you can do here is you can imagine uh, being out with your husband or partner or friends at dinner, right? Imagine yourself, put yourself into one of your favorite restaurants, see it in your mind's eye, enjoying yourself, even as your your colleagues or your husband's or friends orders a bottle of wine. And even when your husband leaves half of it as he can't drink it all and you don't feel any desire for it, even, even if it's just for the sheer matter, I just don't want to waste it. You're quite happy to leave the restaurant with half a bottle of wine on the table. And then you, you see yourself doing this and you see yourself acting as a positive role model for your children, perhaps, and of an example 
to yourself as to what's possible and so on and so on. And the point is you don't just imagine it, you act as if you are already that person. You get into her skin, how is she feeling? Because then the more you act as if, the more you actually do become that person in the moment here and now. So really want to encourage you to do that. Get that person in your mind's eye and then run your life today where you can do this right now as if you are that person. Be really curious about what will be different for you. Now, that's a very effective approach, but for some people it can be hard to maintain, right? Because it sort of feels a bit... um, uh, what's the word? Frivolous. I don't know. It's just sort of seems hard to imagine somehow. And what happens is life gets in the way and then the life you see around you crowds in and overrides all those future you thoughts that you might be finding difficult to hold on to. And perhaps you have a rubbish day, you feel stressed up to the eyeballs and all thoughts of future you go out of the window as you reach for a glass of wine because you have a real need to calm down and calm down now. This is your time. You have one hour to relax right before um, it all starts up again I get it I understand so if that's you you might find the opposite thinking opposite day works a treat now this is an approach that doesn't need sustained concentration which is why it can be quite popular you can use it one off or on a continued basis over a day it's up to you And this is where opposite thinking can be quite powerful so as I said in the intro all stems from a game I invented when my children were young Um, opposite day and anyone listening to this with children will understand that it takes many different ways to teach children and to get them to do what you want them to do and opposite day proved to be a fun way of achieving this right without the so the children ended up following instructions without even realizing they were doing it and in simple terms what I did what it does is it challenged them to not just say no if they didn't want to do as they were told. So as a children, ch- children, when you ask them to, you know, put their finish their dinner or go to bed or, you know, whatever it is, put their toys away, uh, there can be a tendency. An immediate reaction is no, right? That's their automatic programming to say no. And we we with opposite day we got them out of this, and it involved lots of giggles because there was a lot of role reversal going on that they could play with. And it became a way to teach them and me. And that was the revelation. It taught me how to think in a different way and how to really experience those different thoughts. Okay, so here's how it worked. Let's say, for example, if I wanted the the boys to tidy their toys up, I would say, right then, leave all your toys all over the floor. See, I'm even smiling, even just saying this takes me right back. And if it was time for them to finish their dinner, I would say, don't eat any of the food left on your plate. And this was funny because, of course, we were an opposite day. We all knew we were an opposite day. And I was saying things that I wouldn't usually say. And then what would happen was the boys would listen to what I would say and they'd have to then conjugate or they'd have to translate to what I really meant because I meant the opposite. And then they would, out of playfulness, go and do the exact opposite. And they did this to get a laugh out of me. So they would clear their way their toys or they would clear away their plates, right? It was it was this funny game to them. And then they would join in to saying things like, things they wouldn't normally say, like, I want to go to bed now, mum. In which case, you know, I would say, all right, then it's bedtime now. And they say, no, 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 mum, but it's opposite day. It means I'm allowed to stay up, right? Lots of guffaws of laughter. And why this was all so delicious was that really it gets you out of automatic thinking. 
that's how I've translated it now to my life now and I actually use it in my coaching, right? When you are in opposite thinking and using your words in the opposite way, you have to be super focused and intentional on what you're thinking because it's not what you're used to, right? Because the result you want, what you want to be saying, what you want someone to do is the opposite to what the words are saying. So if I wanted the children to eat up, as I said, I would say don't eat up. If the children wanted to stay up, they had to say they wanted to go to bed. Sounds simple as an it, and it really is, but it does involve some mental gymnastics. It really is like taking your brain to the gym. And as I said, I now have used this off and on over time. And what I find is that the simple act of stating to myself something that I wouldn't normally say, that just makes me stop and think. I talk a lot in my work about slowing the drinking down, right? Because we it becomes such an automatic habit. And of course, there are widely offered tips and techniques about interspersing wine with water and all the rest of it. But I'm talking more about just really seeing what's going on with the habit in your brain. And opposite thinking allows for this, allows for the slowing down. Because you are thinking hard about what you're saying, you are getting your words, the words that you say in your head out of unconscious and automatic mode, right? And it showed me that my words matter. What I tell myself matters. And it got me used to saying the opposite. So rather than saying, I just can't moderate with one glass of wine, if I set myself, I was in an opposite day thinking, I'd be saying, I can moderate with one glass of wine. And I offer that the more you start to uh, interrupt your automatic thinking and deposit these new thoughts into your head, you start to see possibility. And that builds and builds and builds. And do enough and follow through enough and you begin to create new evidence about what you're capable of, right? You learn to tell yourself the opposite of what has become your story. That in itself, right? If you can get out of the repeat of I'm someone who just always loses control and can never, I have no off switch. If you can get yourself out of repeating that ad nauseum and believing it, that's a huge step forward, right? Because then you learn to take action from the opposite and you learn to lean into the opposite to start to believe the opposite could be true for you, that you can achieve the goal that you set. It interrupts the automatic thinking and brings high levels of consciousness back as you have to concentrate on so hard on what you're saying. And if there's one central message I want to give today, it's that by concentrating on how you're thinking, talking and acting around drinking is so very important. So in summary, remember there's a blank page in front of you every single moment of your life. It's 50-50. If it's 50% possible you won't achieve your goals, it's also 50% possible that you will. Watch out for all the reasons that keep you stuck with thoughts that don't serve you. Thoughts where your feelings is safer, basically, to feel safer to not get your hopes up. Where things feel familiar and thoughts that prove the negative things we think about ourselves. And thoughts where, you know, we're sort of stuck in feeling we don't have a choice about our lives. And instead, try the power of visualisation. Ask yourself, what would the future version of me do in this situation? What would the version of me who's uh, given up the drinking, what would she do? Then take action as if. 
or with opposite thinking, try telling yourself the opposite of what you're thinking. If you're saying you're too weak to decline a second glass of wine, tell yourself you're strong enough to drink just one. Try it out, it can be fun. Play it with other friends, right? We're now in opposite thinking. Let's see, just, and you, if nothing else, you will, you will, it will flush out all the automatic thinking that goes on that you probably had no clue is happening. Right, that's it for now. I'll see you next week. But in the meantime, if you like what you're learning on the podcast, you've got to be on my email list. If you're not, you're missing out. It's cool, the stuff I talk about there. A lot of my content I don't share publicly on social media I just share with my treasured list of people so if you want to get on it go to https forward slash forward slash I think it's two forward slashes anyway 90 days later dot co forward slash list 90 days later dot co forward slash list then you'll get on my list and then you'll receive all the goodies from me and have a great week and I'll see you next time If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.